Welcome to Women Transcend. I'm Jennifer Todd, and this is a podcast that explores issues that affect women and girls worldwide. Each episode, we dive into a topic of national or international significance and discuss the particular impact on women and girls and how they are able to overcome or transcend. This episode, we are going to discuss women. Yes, we discuss women and girls in every episode. That's the whole reason for this podcast is to pull out issues which are either specific to women and girls or to highlight how women and girls are impacted by things but are not exclusively highlighted in the news media, for example. But in this episode, we're going to discuss the fact that some women are in pain. Some are suffering silently. Some are not even aware they have been impacted emotionally by the negative tone that is pervasive in media, politics, public discourse, all around us about women. Over the last 18 months, women have been subjected to what has felt like a palpable slide back. In the fight for equality, it feels like we are losing ground, and it can be hard not to notice this. Regardless of your political party affiliation or who you voted for or whether you voted at all, women are feeling anxiety about our status, our rights, our personhood. We are worrying about our children and how we can protect them and help them understand we want a better world for them. We want better. If you are triggered by this issue, understand that this episode is meant to support you and let you know that you have the right to feel upset. But if you know that this will be too upsetting for you, then listen to that inner voice. This is an upsetting time in our history. There is rancor and divisiveness all around, almost as if we are at war with each other. It can be hard to see that with support of others or your own self-care and meditation, it will be okay. Aside from political discord, which is probably as old as our nation's democracy, there is a new tone of misogyny which maybe had always been there, but the volume has been turned up, it seems. As an example, the race for president. The candidates were polarizing figures, and that has been reflected in subsequent discourse. Some very ugly and regrettable things were said during the campaign, in particular by then-candidate Donald Trump. In a Rolling Stone magazine interview during the debate season for the GOP pick, Donald Trump made a comment about Carly Fiorina, saying, quote, Look at that face. Would anyone vote for that? Can you imagine that, the face of our next president? There were other very caustic remarks made about women by Mr. Trump, including saying it was okay to grab women. If you are a celebrity, you can do anything. This would be excused by many as locker room talk. Mr. Trump himself said it was only meant for entertainment. It was part of a television show, and he is an entertainer. But then that means that talking about assaulting a woman 
is entertaining. Entertainment. Some have said that this kind of talk by the now president of the United States has normalized this thinking, this behavior, thinking of women in this way. This cultural normative shift impacts all women, regardless of party. It's very hard if you are a woman not to be concerned by this, not to feel it very deeply, sometimes right to your bones, not to worry about your children. This episode, I have invited a talented and committed clinical social worker who works with women to discuss with us how women have been impacted or triggered by the generally negative discourse and most particularly by the aggressive tone that has been ignited against women. My purpose in this episode is not to cause additional anxiety, but rather to give you as a woman permission to feel what you are feeling. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to feel anxious. And it's okay to ask for help if you need to. Coming up next is my discussion with today's guest, Marie Chopin, who is a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Maryland and the founder and director of Lotus Point Wellness. Welcome to Women Transcend, Marie. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I am really excited to have this discussion, and I'm not sure if excited is the the right word because this topic does not bring me excitement, but mm-hmm. I, I just think that this is something really important that we need to acknowledge and discuss and sort of give ourselves permission to have this discussion. So I, I just want to ask you, because of the level of discourse that has been, you know, sort of elevating since the campaign and into the election for the president, lots of issues came out mm-hmm. around women and the status of women and how women are treated, um, mm-hmm. potentially disrespectful or violent acts against women were sort of casually discussed. So how do you think this has impacted women? Well, I think that in so many ways, certainly because I'm a mental health practitioner, I'm a clinical social worker, and I see people in, you know, a therapeutic setting, I'm seeing within that setting, people that are getting triggered, that are upset, that more than, you know, their regular life situations might, um, that they're experiencing. Um, and then I think certainly in the, the regular public, it's been a huge impact. A lot of us women are talking about these situations. We're offended. We're upset. We um, certainly people that have had any kind of traumatic situation happen to them, whether severe or even an affront of somebody just touching somebody inappropriately. All of those things that are happening that have happened to the past in for women are coming up. And they're experiencing emotional reactions to that. And also, though, what I'm seeing is a lot of anger and um, interest in standing up for ourselves more than ever, I think, Uh which is what's so amazing. Yeah. So potentially a positive way to look at this is 
sort of the backlash is an empowering one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's been a huge, tremendous feeling of empowerment for people that already feel some sense of power, right? I mean, a little bit. Um, but even those that aren't, we're especially in therapy, we're using the um, this whole experience as a way of helping women begin to do something different than they've ever done. Uh-huh. Instead of not saying anything, encouraging them to say something. Yeah. To be more vocal, to learn how to have a voice. Because uh-huh. that's been, you know, not present for many people. Yeah. Now, can you explain what it means to be emotionally triggered by something? Sure. So, for example, um, you know, I would say if somebody has had an experience that was, and I'll use the word trauma, but it can be something small, it can be, you know, a long history of something. But when they have a reaction and are triggered by a memory or somebody saying something that reminds them of something in the past, there can be a physical, like an actual physiological response to the image or the thought or the even the actual treatment that becomes, you know, maybe their stomach hurts, heart races, that kind of thing. Yeah. But the emotional piece is it could be fear, intense uh-huh. fear, could be um, sadness. Oftentimes, I think people start out with that fear response when it's, it's something related to a, a traumatic event. Uh-huh. So there's that intense, um, overwhelming sense of uh, fear and Sadness certainly is another big one. Yeah. I think that there has been a a sort of media attention and research attention around post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. Um, So people are aware of that. But I don't think that that there's an understanding that there is this continuum um, that... Like an effect? Like a continuing effect? Yeah. That that you don't have to be diagnosed with PTSD or post-traumatic stress to have, you know, some sort of of lasting or recurrent traumatic feelings. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, many people have not had a PTSD response to something necessarily. I mean, because that's a pretty significant diagnosis. Yeah. But you may have had an event that happened in childhood that you really hadn't even thought about. And then something in adulthood, it, it gets triggered. It could be a smell of something. It could be a loud noise. It could be Again, somebody yelling at you, um, it, it could be some sort of physical violence, of course, uh-huh. or even inappropriate touching that triggers a memory because our brains store, you know, from childhood all the way through, we have um, in our brain stored memories that we don't necessarily, you know, aren't aware of because there's so much going on. Uh-huh. But then so- that's the triggering. That's the something happens that is a direct kind of impact on that memory that then comes up and it gets triggered. It, it is a real like instantaneous response uh-huh. that is un, unexpected. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that directly happens to you. It can be something that you witness happening sure. to someone else or for oh, yeah. example, see on TV or hear someone say. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And any of those things can yeah. happen. Okay. Yeah. Great. So have you noticed in women you talk with any evidence of an effect on them from this, particularly what I would say is a misogynistic time in our culture? Not that it isn't a patriarchal culture, but it seems like the the misogyny is a little bit amped right now. 
Mm -hmm. At least that, that what we're noticing, or maybe we're more aware. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. 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 And you're asking whether I've seen an ha have increase you, in that, or yeah. Um, so I guess this is sort of reiterating: Have you seen reaction from women to this misogyny, and and maybe what might be amping of misogyny in their own relationships? Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to think about that. I mean, I guess maybe what what is happening or what I'm noticing certainly among people that are you know, not clients, maybe specifically, but among friends or, you know, other women that book clubs, I'm, I'm part of a book club, and we may talk about these kinds of things. Just, again, the sense that it's amazing how we have not been as vigilant and noticing these things, even though we're, we all go about our business, we know, we experience it, we, we sort of feel some of that. But it because it's so public now, so everything is, you know, you're bombarded on Facebook and every other place, that I think we're much, much more aware and much more attuned to noticing when something's happening. Uh -huh. You know, as simple as the fact that most of the government is, you know, right now, <laughs> white men. White men, you know, yes. So, okay, well, how come, why is that? You know, where are all the women? I, uh -huh. you know, this is kind of unusual, not even unusual. <laughs> I think we're used to it, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's not fair. And so, it, uh -huh. you know, those kinds of things. And I'm sure people are, are feeling it at work. And I think husbands and wives are talking about it a little bit more, uh -huh. kind of a little bit more aware of, um, again, that impact. We get so used to being a certain way or, or seeing things a certain way until somebody, you know, something like this happens. Yeah. So is it possible for women not even to be aware that they are being impacted or, or just subconsciously yeah. their anxiety is is raising and because of what is going on in our, our culture right now and they're mm -hmm. not even really aware of it sure yeah i mean that's what denial is it's it's living in a way that you're not even aware that it's not okay or that you might be mistreated even if it's subtle mistreatment right yeah. or being viewed in a certain way or that you don't have certain rights yeah um, absolutely yeah uh -huh. I mean, as simple as getting it, looking for a job, when somebody offers you something, you say, oh, okay, but the reality is that you should be paid a lot more, and a, and a man might ask for a lot more, or even be offered a lot more. Exactly. And you're not even, you didn't know, or didn't know to ask, or didn't know how to advocate, or didn't think you had a right to. Didn't think you had a right to, yeah. How yeah. would we perceive? A man would be standing up for himself, a woman would be greedy. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. So... Are there any signs that we might look for that a woman is in distress over being triggered um, or that we, we might watch for in friends, colleagues, loved ones, or things that we might watch for in ourselves that we have been triggered and we are carrying anxiety over this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly with, um, in general, any kind of, symptom related to anxiety or depression is worth, you know, looking at and, and, and paying attention to things like loss of interest in things you used to do, sad feelings, certainly the, the physical symptoms of eating more or less, not sleeping as much, racing thoughts. I mean, there's a lot of symptoms uh, related to stress, anxiety, and depression that might be increasing around the, these issues or exacerbating so that you know, if you're 
see a friend that seems to have been fine a few months ago and now is seeming more upset, that would be a time to to connect and find out what's going on. Because I do think um, what has happened is people are, back to that, emotionally triggered. They are getting triggered by things that happened in the past, um, in particular things like sexual abuse or any kind of um, violence towards women that they maybe had thought they dealt with or had dealt with in the past, but then it's now popping back up. Uh-huh. And so that, you know, they may be getting nightmares again. Yeah. Um, so really, it, of course, each person's different how they manage it, but absolutely, I think it's it's there and, and to really pay attention to symptoms and, and, and see what people are talking about. Uh-huh. Some people will be discussing that very thing. Yeah. About a past experience. I think a lot more women are thinking, well, maybe that, that incident in college actually was rape, yeah, yeah. you know, whereas before it was like, well, I don't know. I kind of, you know, but all of a sudden it's like, no, wait a second. That was not appropriate. Uh-huh. I should never have been treated like that. Yeah. So some of that is happening as well. That's an excellent point. And I, I wonder also, um, you know, it's hard to live in this society and, you know, have two X chromosomes and not have been the recipient of cat calls or, you know, inappropriate touch just on a bus. And I wonder if, I mean, this is obviously at a different scale, but I wonder if this kind of misogynistic discussion is making people revisit even what at the time you would think was like a minor thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I I absolutely think so, Uh because all of a sudden there's a feeling of, well, wait a second, I have a right here to not be treated that way and that it was never okay that that happened. Uh Um, Or if it's on a bus or like you said, the cat calling, all of that is um, not okay. I mean, women don't do that to men. Yeah. Right. So Uh (laughs) why is it okay the other way around? (laughs) Thank Uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. But culturally... You know, and I, I do think we have to be very cognizant of cultures, ethnicity, um, language. I mean, there's so many other factors in terms of how women view themselves as well as, you know, relationships that are, are different, too. Uh-huh. So that the, the kind of triggering or the kind of responses women might be having certainly could be based on all of that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's important to keep in mind. Do you have any advice for how to counter these messages with our daughters, with our girls, with young people that we know? How mm-hmm. how we can provide support so that they know that they are valued and this kind of behavior is not okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important in families, you know, maybe starting there. I mean, obviously you can do some public education, but in terms of the family, I think it's important to open up a, a dialogue about that and to to make the relationships at home safe to talk about those things. So whether it's bringing up the discussion, hey, let's talk about what's been happening. What are you feeling? Here's what I believe. Um, all humans are equal, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, you shouldn't be treated in in these kinds of ways. Because, you know, some boys get treated terribly, too, and are touched sure. inappropriately. So it's, you know, it's about yeah. making sure that everyone understands 
what are, what are appropriate boundaries, uh-huh. what is okay and not okay. Yeah. We're highlighting women right now because that's where the pain and hurt is happening. I think a lot more right now, uh-huh. women, but it's educating the boys sure. right, about how to treat women as well as how they deserve to be treated. So it's kind of an all over, but I think for really being able to have those discussions with um, girls uh-huh. and other women and letting them know that there are ways to get help, that you as a parent are safe to talk to about these things. Mm-hmm. And again, it depends on the household, right? Sometimes kids don't have a place they can talk yeah. about it. Hopefully they'll go to their school counselor. Hopefully they will have another trusted adult they can talk to about things. Because uh-huh. there's a lot that isn't talked about, I think, and a lot of things going on with younger kids, younger, like teenagers, you know, Yeah, that is really disheartening, I think, and, and a little bit scary uh-huh. to think girls and boys get involved in things that aren't okay. Yeah. <laughs> Being treated inappropriately or, uh-huh. you know. Well, uh, this actually might be a teachable moment in time to mm-hmm. have a discussion with boys and young men about what is appropriate and what is not appropriate behavior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's got to be all around. Yeah. I mean, because it's one thing to teach a girl to stick up for themselves, to say, no, don't do this or don't treat me this way or advocate for whatever, jobs, salaries, everything else. But for boys and men to also understand the reason that it's important to have that equality and that respect and that there's a good reason for that. It's good for society. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of that bigger picture. Yeah. Okay. So at what point would you advise a woman who's who's feeling kind of stressed at this time that it's it's time really to consider seeking um some professional assistance if it's possible so, yeah i mean i think that usually one criteria is if it's impacting your daily life so if somebody is having trouble sleeping day after day you know we all have a night of not sleeping well but Day after day, maybe they're having difficulty concentrating at work. They're more irritable, kind of noticing that they're snapping at their kids more often. Um, Obviously feeling sad and feeling upset about whether it's something that had happened to them or just in general. I mean, I think some people are very affected by just the culture of what's happening these days. Yeah. Just recently in the last few months that even that is overwhelming. So if it's impacting your daily life and functioning, it's important to get help and get help before it's impacting. You know, if you're noticing it and you realize you're you're thinking about a lot, a lot about something and you are feeling more upset or triggered or scared even, it's worth getting help. Yeah. And finding others that are feeling the same. I mean, Uh there's actually some interesting support groups out there now for people that are um, having a real reaction to this whole environment. Wow. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. No, a lot of the mental health people are, are really having, you know, dealing with so many clients that are very upset, men and women, Uh not just about, you know, the, the women treatment of women, but in general, this fear of what's happening. Yeah. So there's been a lot going on behind the scenes that maybe people don't hear about (laughs) profession about, you know, how do we handle it? What do we do? How do we support ourselves while we're helping our clients? How do we help our clients? Yeah. And along those lines, how have behavioral health professionals been impacted 
by this discourse and this need in um, women and men, in clients, in patients? How mm-hmm. have providers been impacted? Well, I think for us, part of what hap- has been happening is that there's, because of this level of stress and anxiety about, you know, the future, the world, politics, you know, all these things, I think that's added to any stress that a client initially came in with. Uh-huh. You know, even a client, I, you know, maybe I've seen a client for a year and all of a sudden this, it, it's gotten worse, let's say. And then for us as clinicians to manage our own feelings about what's going on and help a client, we've had to do a little bit more support for ourselves as well. Uh-huh. So it's a double thing. It's one thing just for the client, but then, you know, personal things as well as how we might be impacted personally and then the interaction with the, the clients to be able to be present for them sure. and not our own self get triggered. Yeah. So it's, it's been, um, it's been quite an impact all over. Uh-huh. And the good news is clinicians are used to getting help ourselves and we talk to each other and we support each other and there's a place to discuss these things. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, there's been a, and, and I think probably an increase in caseload too. Yeah. You know, more calls. I mean, I, I couldn't believe how many more calls I got in the past six weeks than bef- before. So whether it's directly related or not, there's a higher level of stress. Yeah, and that sure. That then triggers more stress in people's relationships and work and everything else. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. So I really thank you for this. Such an important discussion. I hope that anyone that's listening, if you take away one thing that feeling anxiety over this, you have that right and be aware of, of yourself and in tune with yourself. And if you need to get help or if you need to talk with someone, then that's fine. That's okay. And take care of yourself. Yes, absolutely. Very important to do that. Yeah. You don't want to feel, you don't have to be alone in this. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of people to help. Yeah, no, this has been great. Thank you so much. Great. Well, thank you so much for for joining us for Women Transcend. And I really appreciate not just you joining me to discuss this topic, but the important work that you do. So thank you so much, Marie. Thank you. Take care. This week's Woman in the Spotlight is Michelle Obama. Mrs. Obama gave a powerful speech in New Hampshire that was a stump speech for Hillary Clinton, to be sure. But she also addressed what has been on the minds of so many women, giving words to the feelings and pain so many have felt. She said, quote, The measure of any society is how it treats its women and girls, end quote. She very poignantly reminded us, if all of this is painful to us as grown women, what do you think this is doing to our children? What message are our little girls hearing about who they should look like, how they should act? What lessons are they learning about their value as professionals as human beings, about their dreams and aspirations, and how is this affecting men and boys in this country, 
because I can tell you that the men in my life do not talk about women like this, and I know that my family is not unusual. And to dismiss this as everyday locker room talk is an insult to decent men everywhere. So thank you, Mrs. Obama, for those moving words, and thank you to all of those decent men everywhere who don't believe in this locker room talk. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Women Transcend. Be sure to leave a review for us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. That will make it easier for others to find us as well. If you like a particular episode, it's really easy to share directly through Twitter or Facebook. A big thanks to Marie Chopin for speaking with me for today's episode and to John Philbeck for doing all of the fabulous sound artistry so that we sound so good. Tweet us at Women Transcend or follow us on Facebook. We always enjoy hearing from you. That's all for this episode. <laughs>